Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in New Jersey still, quarantined. Joined by John, who's abroad in New Zealand. What's up, John? How you doing? Doing good. Going down the Yeah, I hole. asked you because I'm worried about Americans more than I am about myself. Things are great here. <laughs> people are people are starting to get outside. It's sunny. We're talking about, you know, everyone's starting to go back to work at some point next week. So yeah, New Zealand's doing all right. Yeah, I'll bet. You know what's great about here? It's May 9th, and it was uh, snowing heavily in New York slash New Jersey slash Connecticut. Oh. Well, I guess when it snows snowing. in hell, you know, uh, you know, it's it. You know, that's it. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, it's over. Yeah. Is this the end? I don't know. I don't know. I'm at the point now where I think maybe we are at a... If this, if the virus was here at the end of December and we had it for three months, why weren't the hospitals overrun then? Can I get conspiratorial for a second? Why weren't the hospitals? Why weren't the hospitals overrun then? Why was it once we became aware of it, then we shut down everything? If it was already spreading like wildfire well before that point, we weren't overrun. Everything still seemed fine. And the people that, weren't diagnosed for it were diagnosed for a flu or a viral infection so to speak as i didn't have the i I was sick at the end of december slash the beginning of january probably wasn't covid19 but if it started around that time then it's possible but who the hell knows probably not and it was basically treated like bronchitis. I stayed home. I got better and that was fine, but obviously that's me. So would everybody else who might've been a flu statistic, would they have just been diagnosed as a flu, gone into the hospital and either recovered or died at the same rate? Uh, it's very possible. Again, I think the problem with the health service isn't just the fact that COVID-19 was going to overload the system. It's the fact that COVID-19, along with the flu and along with all the other things that happen on a day-to-day basis of people who get sick between strokes and heart attacks and, you know, pneumonia and fevers and people who have cancer, people who are in, in, you know, elderly care. So it's like all of that stuff combined together and the fact that this is so much more infectious than the flu, right? The flu. Right. Everyone catches the flu, but this thing apparently is extre- is highly contagious, which is the main problem with COVID-19. So again, highly contagious that obviously it's it's exponentially contagious. So it might be one person that then gives it to two, that gives it to four, then again, and it keeps going up and up and up. Where this started where? They're basically saying that this started on the West Coast, right? That's the news that's basically coming out of the U.S. that it started on the West Coast in December. That there are people who have died in November, December between San Francisco and Seattle, those areas, right, that probably had this, but we obviously didn't check for it because we didn't think it was here. That, that's right. basically what you're getting at, right? Mm, yeah, but I was saying even before then, right? Because if it was in- Well, it couldn't have been before the- that because it, it, was in, it was in China end of November. I've got a friend who's in Shanghai. Right. Okay. And yeah. He so then said that, day right. for them was end of November. So basically, it would have to be middle of December here at the earliest, right? If there's someone in any big city in China who then travels to the U.S., I, you know, that would have to be if they're first reporting it as like, hey, we started locking things down in November, even though we told the rest of the world things were okay, right? And that's from someone who's living there who said, yeah, we were. He's like, I've been working at home for six months about, 
So they knew at the end of November they had to shut stuff down. They just sort of told the rest of the world, we've got this under control. Don't you worry about it. And that obviously wasn't true. Yeah. Well, but what I'm so saying is. I don't think is, you had it. I don't you think had, you had it. And again, no, I don't I think, think so either. But you had, yeah. but you had three months, but you had effectively three months where no one was even thinking about it, but it was here circulating. Yeah, it was here circulating, but I don't think it was circulating in the circles that it circulates now, which is where it's a major problem. Like all of the deaths here in New Zealand, I believe, have all been over the age of 60, right? So COVID-19 wasn't a problem here until someone came in contact with someone in an elderly home, and then it started to progressively kill people inside of this elderly home, people in their 70s and their 80s and their 90s. That's where it starts to become a problem because then the people caring for those people start to get it and then they start so that's where it starts to heavily spread and i think that's what they mean by a drain on the on the medical system not for me and you more for the people who already have pre-existing conditions that make this worse for them so me and you can walk around and have it and you know it's a flu it's a cold i'm at home for two weeks and then i get better because we know about it right but again i've walked around with a cold before anyone who's anyone under the age of 40 right now says that they haven't gone to work sick is lying Right. So it happens all the time. You go to work with a bit of a headache. You go to work with a bit of a sniffle, cough, whatever. And I've worked straight through colds. And there's times now where people work straight through colds and they're just like, yeah, things were fine. But then, you know, someone gives it to somebody else, gives it to their grandparent. People start to die. Yeah. So that's generally why. That's why the drain on the healthcare system. And that's why locking things down. It wasn't for me and you. It was for all the other people. It was for all the people with pre-existing conditions and people over the age of 70, over the age of 60. It's not for us. Me and you are probably going to be fine if we catch this thing. And again, probably. Right. Um, because there's plenty of people who have died even though they're younger because they've, they're they overweight or they've got oh, yeah. hypertension about, that they don't know about. Kids. Right? Yeah. Talk about kids that are – three kids yeah, that have died. kids that are getting as well. But again, there's generally people with pre-existing conditions. I haven't heard many stories. I'm sure there's a few. There's a few outliers. But I haven't heard many stories of someone who pretty much is perfectly healthy, perfectly fit who has gotten this thing and needed to be put on a respirator and immediately and immediately die. Like you just don't hear, I'm sure those stories exist, but you just don't hear them to the amount that you hear, Hey, this went through a nursing home and it killed, you know, a whole bunch of residents of this nursing home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's deadly. It's, and there's a lot of unknowns about it. And that seems to be the biggest source of the panic is that you can spread it without knowing if you have it because the asymptomatic part of it. And look, but the problem with it now, though, is that with things starting to open back up because of economy or whatever, I think I think the fact that this thing's going to start spiking up and down, up and down, up and down, that people are just going to get tired of it and just go, well, if I get it, I get it. Too bad. I don't care about it anymore. I want this to be over. I, I'm just, I can't keep doing, I will go to work, screw it. And I think that mentality is kind of the problem because that's how you actually do kill more people versus like, yeah, everyone's inconvenienced by sitting at home. I'm perfectly healthy. I don't want to sit at home, right? But, you know, you're not doing this for you. You're doing this for pretty much your entire – you're doing this for the greater good, which I think that goodwill – and I don't think it's just the U.S. We, you know, we rag on the U.S. on this podcast. At least I do. I think it's worldwide. Like, same thing with here in New Zealand, right? We're about to go down to level two, which means things kind of start to go back to a normal state. We're sure maybe, you know, you, you everyone doesn't go into a store. More people order stuff online. You know, you can't have more than 100 people in a gathering, that type of stuff. But if all of a sudden restaurants, yeah, yeah. But if all of a sudden cases spike up again, good luck getting people to do this again. Like good luck right. telling the guy, hey, so we're back at level three. Everyone's got to go back home. And it's like, no, 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 no. What do you, what do you mean? No, no, that's over there. That's not my problem anymore. I, I played your game all through March and April. I'm staying to work. 
And this is where this starts to become a problem because then it just comes to the point where we're all going to get it at some point. If it's not now, it'll be fall, it'll be next winter, it'll be some point, right? We all start to get this thing because people eventually just go, screw it, it's a cold, I'm going to cough, and some people are going to die, and some people aren't. And that's that's where it starts to get scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's messed up, I guess. Um, you know, I was just thinking about thinking about who could have had it had it without knowing whether this thing has already like ran through and if it's if it has been bad the whole time and just misdiagnosis like the number's probably higher but we might have said okay this thing is deadly but it hasn't crippled our infrastructure so keep yeah. the people at risk safe and out of harm's way and keep smart with social distancing and all that stuff but the full shutdown may not need to be the actual solution, especially countrywide, um, where you know you can be practiced. Like the fact that you say, "Oh yeah, we'll open bowling alleys." Bowling alleys has got to be the most ridiculous thing to open. <laughs> like who's who's cleaning those holes? Well, they talked about tattoo parlors as well. No, take take away tattoo parlors because you could sanitize things. You're not sticking your fingers in a hole that you don't know who's put their fingers in that hole. Like a well, bowling you bring your ball, own ball. You bring your own ball. Yeah. What's what's the worry? I I don't trust those people. And people that bring so their own bowling the, balls. Yeah, but the but the most people who are going to a bowling alley, they're putting in shoes that other people have worn that have just had that quick spray of disinfectant sure. and they're putting their fingers in a in a glowing neon ball sometimes because you always take the the brightest one, at least I do, you know. And who knows who put their fingers in that thing. Bowling alleys are disgusting. All right. And that's on the list of yeah, let's open those up. How does that get open before before movie theaters? Yeah, I don't again, like. What's grosser? It, sitting on a seat that somebody sat on who was also wearing clothes, or putting your fingers in a hole that many other people have stuck their fingers in. There's a euphemism in here, but I'm not. I promise you, going down that road, I'm just talking about bowling balls. So I again I don't which one's grosser I don't are you closer to people in a movie theater for a longer period of time than a bowling alley Yeah but you could sit at different parts you can separate people Right Yeah I mean again I think the whole plane especially with the side seating for example is just like nonsense like we're going to just every other seat and it's like that's still too close Yeah that's not going to work <laughs> No that's not, it's not going to work. work at all um, yeah, like I don't look. I don't understand what's happening in the states. I just know that's going to affect the rest of us, which is why I care about it. Because it's like at some point, I'd like yeah, to go back to the U.S. <laughs> like at some point. Oh, you want to you want to see your family again? Well, yeah, at some point. Know. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> no, no, you cannot. You, they will be. Um, no, they can't. Yeah. So yeah, look, man, it is what it is. But I'm I'm excited for again. I really enjoy working from home. <laughs> I don't want to go back to work. But I am excited for the fact that things here seem to be slowly that people took this seriously enough here in New Zealand that we will probably be one of the first countries that sort of returns to whatever you want to call normal, right? Like returns to where you're going to sit in traffic at work, which is nice. But isn't, but South, it, isn't South Korea now having a, another spike in cases? Yeah. yeah. And, and again, that could happen here in New Zealand as well. We start to open stuff back up and you find out that it's hey, inevitable, right? Like, I don't think this is ever going to be zero. No, but again, I guess at what point is is too many? Too many? Is it five cases a day? Because right now we are at we're we're pretty consistently two cases a day, and last week we had zero cases in two days in a row. Tuesday. And that's Wednesday kind of my point. I'm not saying like 
have at it go crazy. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Let's go and let everybody out there and just kill off like whatever percentage of people that get it and succumb to it. That's not what I'm saying at all. All I'm saying is like, I don't know if the complete shutdown is really the answer. It just, every time I think about it for a little bit longer, I'm just like, it feels, it does feel somewhat like an overreaction. But maybe that's just because it's so extreme and so out of the ordinary and just beyond my comprehension that I just can't I can't fully rationalize it. And I, and to be clear, like I'm not actually stirring, you know, I am I miss things. Obviously, I miss the way it was before. I miss my commute because I have a 45 hour backlog of podcasts, which is insane. I have um which I'm like, yeah, I'll get to those eventually. Will I? Who knows? I have, um, you know, I miss playing hockey. I miss going out, hanging out with friends. I miss all that stuff. And I miss traveling 100%. And I can't do any of that stuff now. But I still have my job. Still healthy. Uh, I'm with family. I'm making pancakes. And I got, and I got a routine. It's pretty good. So... I really don't have too much to complain about in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, and look, just, you're saving money at a rate oh yeah. probably now that will allow you to continue your life at normal the minute that it comes back at an even higher clip. Where some people, again, yeah, you got a job, but you got you know you got your pay cut, right? You're no longer making 100 percent of your salary; you're making 70 or even 50 percent, um, and you have more responsibility than me and you both collectively do. Um, so, yeah, like, again, I look at this and I go, yeah, those are the real sacrifices. Me and you really aren't making that much of a sacrifice. I tend to really like staying at home. <laughs> That's just my personality. Right. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, I actually don't mind sitting here for six weeks. I've gotten more sleep now than I have in probably the last five years. Right. And so it's just like, yeah, like, you know, I'm cool with, with us staying here, but I totally get it. I just don't think what I what I would hate is that you sort of undo all of this work. Because, you know, it's like, oh, we got to get back to it. And it's like, well, then you might as well just had a different strategy. You should have thought of a different one in the first place. Is this an overreaction? Probably. But it it won't seem like an overreaction if all of a sudden you stop taking this seriously. And then you just go, well, if you get it, you get it. And then this thing never really goes away. Um, Because then it will kill people in your family. It will kill people that have that, you know, that have underlying health conditions. And that's not a for me staying home for eight weeks. And again, realizing that I'm in a more privileged position than most people is worth it. Um, because again, jobs will come back, things will return to normal. It won't return to normal if you just sort of delay the inevitable at some point. You're going to lose your job because this thing's going to just keep rolling and it's never really going to stop. Yeah. Yeah. So look, man, it's tough. It's tough. It's it's a it's been a tough it's it's weird how slow time has moved for me because I was like, oh my God, this is only beginning of May. It feels like we've been doing this for a long time and it hasn't been that long. Yeah. Yeah. It's um it's upsetting. But we'll uh that's the thing. Actually, it feels kind of looking back, it feels long, but at the same time, and I think it feels longer because it's because it, it feels normal now. And that's why it feels longer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's just you're in a routine, I would hope. You know, you're you're doing and this this is your life now <laughs> for, for the time being. And looking back, now you're not looking back like days or, or weeks. Now you're looking back months to when you were able to go to a restaurant. Like to think that I wouldn't have gone to a restaurant in two months is 
founding. <laughs> if I said that to me, if someone said that to me like three months ago, I'd be like, hey, by the way, um, through the entire month of April and May, likely, and a good chunk of March, you will not go to a restaurant. You will not have a sip of alcohol and you will not play hockey. And I'll be like, get the fuck out of here. That's not going to happen. That's impossible. I'll be doing all those things. And I'll be like, no, no, you're not. You're, you're, you're going to be living with your mom and grandmother. <laughs> like, yep. And again, this thing, might, this thing might, la- not, again, no, you no, might no, be no. doing this again. You might very easily be doing this again because it's killed a bunch of people in New York and a lot of people have caught it, but New York's a giant city. There's more people who haven't okay, caught it. I'll tell you what, when this thing, if, if this does happen again, when we do go back to normal, I, I have one request. Okay. And that's um, a message to all my new favorite uh, primetime game shows. Record more episodes faster so you don't run out of content. I'd say get a year of content in the can. Why are they running out of content? Well, yeah, I think Jeopardy is because they they reran the Tournament of Champions, you know, the greatest of all time. They reran that last week and they played a bunch of replays of Wheel of Fortune. Um, so I watched, so we watched a bunch of replays of family feud, which, uh, we've never seen before. So it's all new to us with your man, Steve Harvey. <laughs> he's fun. He, yeah. I also, it also seems like he's an asshole in real life, but God, God bless him. He's a, he's, he's a good time on that show. He's also like really creepy at times and super yes. pervy. Yes. I mean, but, but they, I they all, they all are though. They all have that. Every single host of family feud has done that at some point. But the contestants are like into it. Well, yeah, that that's why you're part of the go on the show. Like again, seriously, like watch some of those old episodes from the who was the first? What was that first dude's name who ran Family Feud? Um, this is showing my age because at some point I knew this dude's name, um, and he was extremely creepy. <laughs> he was also very creepy. It was um, Joe Biden. <laughs> that's a good joke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh. Hang on, I'm gonna tell you the name because I'm like Richard it Dawson. All right, first dude, Richard, Richard Dawson. Dawson. Yeah, huh? Ray Combs. I knew Louis Anderson did it. Yeah, and then, and then the dude from uh, Home Improvement did it for a while. A uh, Richard Karn. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, man. Steve Harvey's really good at it. He's a good host. Yeah, he is. He's very good at it. He's very he's good. great, and he's one of the original kings of comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That helped. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, um quick pancake update made churro pancakes this morning yeah yeah churro pancakes that would be pancakes uh dusted uh you know mixed tossed in some cinnamon sugar and then uh made some accoutrements with that on the side in the form of a chocolate sauce and a raspberry sauce quite good didn't need the chocolate sauce so how how are you getting these ingredients? I guess go, are you just like how are you planning this out? Like to get the ingredients? Do you have most of them? Because you're at your you know you're you're at you're with your mom and your grandmother. You've got more baking ingredients and things. Or is this something that you're like planning? Okay, I'm gonna make a new type of pancake every Saturday, and these are the ingredients that I need. Yeah, during the week I'll basically decide at some point what I'm going to what I'm going to make, and then I'll check the ingredients that we have. I am I am building a list of stuff that I'm gonna need to okay, buy. Okay, so so you, so so you're going through you're going through a list of different types of pancakes to make then. Yeah, and I'll take any recommendations. Like if anybody has any ideas of what I can do next week, because right What's now your I've favorite made favorite of the pancakes you've made. My favorite, oh the uh, the Clinton Street Baking Company pancake recipe is still those pancakes. They're my favorite pancakes. Full stop. 
and the recipe and making them, they taste like the batter is just unreal. It's so good. Um, so that's the best um, all around. The the Japanese souffle pancakes, I want to make another crack at that because they were fun to make. But the batter was a bit, um, my family said it tasted a bit like angel food cake. It was a bit eggy. Yeah, that was so, our, because Alice tried these as well. Um, she tried to that make I, them. That I helped with when you were yeah. doing the pancake challenge. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the same. It was a little eggy and it was a little, like, it was a little, I think, that, yeah, you need a couple of cracks at it to try and get it. Yeah. So I want to try because it, it was fun. I mean, and the fact that I was able to even make it that kind of tall, fluffy, the consistency was right, but the taste wasn't right. Um, so that was, so that was fun. I, I really liked the matcha pancakes I made, but the, um, but the, um, but the, like I said, it made, it left you with a dry mouth for a, for a day, <laughs> but it's still matcha. So it gets a good edge. No, I think, but Clinton street by far is the best. These, these today were awesome, but that raspberry sauce really took it over the edge. So are you not so. a crepe fan? Like I'm trying to go outside of the style of just, I thought about crepes. Um, okay. I need, I need crepes. that wood paddle. Yes. Right. You need that wood stick. Okay. So I actually, it was, it was, um, I was talked to my, uh, my uh, brother-in-law and he said he was going to make um, he was going to make crepes for Mother's Day tomorrow and he, and I was like you have the that wood stick he's like no I was like well how are you going to do this <laughs> yeah it's hard I mean you can you can do it, but again I, I'm not I'm not a good enough cook or a good enough baker to make crepes I've, never, I've never done any of this shit before this yeah. is all new to me. And now I've made five different types of pancakes. No, it's good. I've made, it's very good. I made pancakes six weekends in a row, five different types. I did the Clinton Street once twice because I liked them so much. Now, the thing that I would love to make, now again, I started eating a bit of dairy again, right? I was vegan for all of last year. And again, I don't eat a lot of dairy. Um, like I don't drink milk. I haven't drank milk in, a, in probably 15 years at this point. Like regular so oat milk. Like 2%. I, I now do oat milk. It, yeah, oat it, unless, delicious. unless it's an ingredient in something. Otherwise, yeah. like, I'm straight up. And again, even the ingredients and stuff, I don't really – like I'm not a big milk person. I can use almond milk and I'm good. Um, I used to eat a ton of eggs, right? Like I used to probably go through a carton of 40 eggs in a week and a half a when I eggs. was eating. Yeah, like eggs are great. So eat a, eat a couple eggs and just a tiny bit of cheese. Um, but specifically, the thing that I've wanted to make, which is very hard to make without meat, is okonomiyaki. That to me mm. is a style of pancake. Now again, we're more savory pancakes, not sweet pancakes, but specifically like the shredded cabbage. I know that you need the egg in there, so I probably can make this because it's probably just the egg. So I'm tempted. Part of me is this is part of my. I'm thinking before I have to go back to work potentially the week yeah, after man. next, just to to go through and just end it with a bang with some okonomiyaki. But I know that you kind of need like bacon. Like there's some other ingredients that seafood no, is could, real but good. That's that's the thing. You could you could do whatever you want with it. There, there's different stuff you can put on it. You don't need to have bacon. Like we had it without without bacon. We had it. There's like a seafood one. There's a pork one. There, but that's obviously bacon. And then you have some um, of the Japanese mayo. You probably as well, do a veg- which, vegetable one. Yeah. And that's what vegetable. I'm thinking. I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about. I might. I might go down this path. Now again, I'm trying to do all this stuff now. Now that I'm probably going to be out of lockdown, but I'm going to keep the lockdown style going. <laughs> Even <laughs> if I've got to go back to me, Yeah, I'm going to keep living <laughs> I'm not the lifestyle. Lockdown. I'm just living the lifestyle. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm just. You know, every week I'm at home and I'm making something new when I'm doing stuff. You know, I only leave the house to go to work and come back. I'm. I'm all about that. So. Uh, so yeah, but that's cool though. I'm glad that you're cooking. You're gonna get some stuff for your house when things go back to normal, and maybe you'll. Uh, you need a hand mixer. That's like the big thing. Hand mixer and mixing yes. bowls. 
that's a big thing. Yes, and that's expensive. The mixers, the hand mixers, like magic. Yes, but again, like you, you'll see why when you're sitting there trying to whip stuff and you realize why you pay a lot of money for a for a stand mixer or a hand mixer. Um, yeah, because making matcha whipped cream is the easiest thing in the world, and it's delicious. I could just eat that with a spoon. Yeah, yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah, sure. Or a meringue right. if, if I want to get if I want to get frisky. So <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about some news. Um, you're you're still just reading the AP news wise, right? Pretty much, yeah. Again, it's it's cool. pretty it's pretty freeing to only get the important news that you need. And I'm kind of already thinking about stopping reading the AP, but yeah. It's awesome. Well, good news. I got I got some really important news for you to read today. Alrighty. So um now one of them, as always, I'm gonna give you give you three choices on the order we go through. I got three stories here. One of them is old, but I only heard about it today. So it's actually from uh last year. But it's uh but I heard about it yesterday. And I said, oh, we got to talk about this. So your options are, um, I don't want to categorize this. Okay. We got books. We got gators. And we got monopoly. So those are your three choices. Let's end with gators. That's a good call. Let's start with, let's start monopoly, go to books, Mm -hmm. then the gators. Perfect. All right. And I could tell you that. None of these, to my knowledge, and I've I've one of them. Yeah, none of these are COVID related. Okay, one great. Tan- we just talked is, about COVID for thirty minutes. So great. <laughs> one is like sort of COVID related, but I'm going to basically stop reading halfway through before it actually ends up being. But before that, I believe this is also no, it's not chronological. Okay, monopolies first. Here we go. Something I just discovered. Um, here, so goddamn it, freedom from CNN.com, which is literally blocking a third of the window with an ad on the top. So, so the headline in the new game of monopoly, women make more than men. This is from September, 2019. So last year. Okay. One of America's most recognizable board games is getting an upgrade. Hasbro is debuting a new game celebrating women's empowerment. Miss monopoly making the first time in Monopoly history when a new mascot will be featured on the cover of the game. The twist? In Miss Monopoly, female players will get more money. Unlike the classic game, women will collect 240 Monopoly bucks when they pass go, while while male players will collect the usual $200. The idea is to create a game where women make more than men, the first game to do so, according to Hasbro. It's... It's, quote, a fun new take on the game that creates a world where women have an advantage often enjoyed by men, end quote, the company said in a statement, quote, but don't worry, if men play their cars right, they can make more money too, end quote. That's not the only difference, though. Instead of buying property, players will invest in uh, inventions created by women, things like Wi-Fi and chocolate chip cookies. But no worries, mainstays such as jail, luxury taxes, and chance cars are still included. The announcement of Miss Monopoly comes a few weeks after the company received criticism for Monopoly Socialism, a tongue-in-cheek game that sparked debate for its flippant handling of socialism. Hasbro also debuted Monopoly for Millennials in 2018, poking fun at stereotypical millennial trends such as avocado toast and veganism. Miss Monopoly will be available for pre-order beginning September 10th. So that was a little late for that pre-order, but I think it's out there in the wild. Miss Monopoly. I'll send you this uh, picture so you can see the cover. So the rule is just that you get 40 more bucks at Pasco time. 
I don't know if that's it. I don't know if there's other modifications to the rules of Mrs. of Miss Monopoly. Also, the reason I heard about this was a tweet. Um, and tweet was saying, and tweet was recent. It wasn't like I just dug this thing up while going crazy for things like that. But the the tr- the tweet was about a um, was that it's Miss Monop was Miss Monopoly is a self made is a self-made woman or something like that. And then she's uh she's self-made, but it's uh but it's she's also Mr. Monopoly's niece. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, I mean, I, I tried to find the tweet right now, but someone said, yeah, Miss Monopoly claims to be self-made, but she got her startup capital from her uncle, the Monopoly guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, and she's uh she's not a woman of color either. So well, no, she's she's racially ambiguous. Eh, eh. Some nah. pictures, like this is this picture here. I don't know what the official one is, but some of them show her a little bit on the darker side of white. <laughs> <laughs> so so she's so she's Greek. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said racially ambiguous. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. So I guess I guess there is some sort of trend because a lot of people are posting about this recently. I don't know why this just um, this this kind of just started popping up because it's obviously been around since September or announced in September, but I found the whole thing kind of funny that well, to be, this even to exists be fair, as a concept. And to be fair, who's buying Monopoly? Right? I don't know. Monopoly Monopoly like, is a game. I've worked on Monopoly game actually. Yeah, but like, who's buying like the board game? Right? Or is this or is this on? Is this a computer game? No, it's a it's a board game. That's what I mean. So who's buying Monopoly board board games? games. Everyone's got a version of Monopoly, even if it's a college version of Monopoly or a theme park version of Monopoly. There's New Zealand has its own version of Monopoly. Everyone's got a version of Monopoly. So this is just another version of Monopoly. So I I mean, why you would get upset about this is kind of dumb. But, you know, people release this stuff to trigger to trigger those men sitting at home who just find who find a need of this is a problem with with everything. So it's like, yeah, sure. But they make a monopoly for everything too. Remember Star Wars Monopoly? Like, did you have different versions of Monopoly when you grew up? No. Well, we had the University of Michigan Monopoly, okay. like for the college. So, like, you would like go past the big house and all this other stuff that was like University of Michigan specific. And then we had the regular version. But yeah, it was only those two. I didn't. I again, but I know Star Trek, Star Wars. I mean, you can think of anything. There's a version of Monopoly for it. There's a Game of Thrones version of Monopoly. They've released versions of Monopoly for literally everything. Yeah. Have you ever legitimately finished a game of Monopoly? I believe so. Yes. I've never done. I believe it was maybe once or twice, and like with the actual legitimate rules of actually finishing it. Yeah, everybody knows Monopoly, but most people like loathe the idea. It's like great to start, and then you just remember, oh wait, there's like three hours of game ahead of us here. Well, it's similar to Risk, right? Risk is very similar in that way. No, because Risk is an investment to get in. Monopoly is easy enough to get started, and then you're. But Risk is great. Haggling somebody for a purple property. Yeah, Risk is an awesome game, but Risk also will take you a couple of days to complete. Yeah, absolutely. But you're a dork for going in from the jump, whereas this is like you could get anybody in there. It's like you get your ADD ADD cousins to start playing with you, and then all of a sudden you're like, all right, this is a great idea. And then you regret it immediately, like 30 minutes in. Now what? Are we doing a pot for free parking? No, that's not in the rules. It's like, well, all right, fine. So be it. But yeah, I don't like anyone who's upset about this. It just doesn't realize Hasbro's strategy for selling board games. So whatever, it's all good. To me. I think the like, but the upset part was like she's not self made. 
<laughs> well, again, like, the there's nothing about the article I said that makes people upset about it. I, I did this all myself, even though I had parents who helped. It's like, yeah, and this that was kind of the point that Obama made when he said, like, you know, everyone gets a little help, and everyone got that. all mad about that. Yeah, like, you build that. that. Like, you got you get help from everybody, and that's the way the world works. And you should be happy that the world works that way. That, like, yeah, guess what? There's systems in place to actually help you. Otherwise, if it was really just all work hardest, then you'd be real surprised when you feel like all these people with money just roll over you that you don't even have a chance. At least with the system now, you've got a small percentage of a chance. So yeah, and if you got a and if you got a rich uncle, good on you. Yeah, good. That he's good he's you. cool enough that he's sharing some of his wealth. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the thing that bothers me here is just like the the stereotypical image of like I'm a businesswoman on the go. Like here's some coffee that says boss on it and I've got these diamond earrings. Like just the image is a bit like I wear I wear a t-shirt with uh with the sports jacket. Yeah, like I can just I can I'm hip and like, formal. Yeah, I feel like I can just hear the conversation around designing this character and it makes me want to vomit when it's, <laughs> it's just like okay, we get it. You know, like this, let's let's put it on the think board of like, you know, she's young but she's not that young. You know, maybe maybe she's a mother. Um, you know, look, she, you know, she loves coffee. It's fine. Who doesn't love coffee, right? You know, she's businesswoman, but you know, she still, she made it herself. So it's not suit and tie. It's not someone else's. Like it's, I can just hear the, the palaver over, you know, designing this. And it's just like, fine. You made a version of Monopoly where women get paid more, whatever. Some women will buy it. It'll be all fun and games. You'll play. You'll realize that over time they get more money and you may, may win or may not. Monopoly is completely random. You may land on their, on their hotel. You may not. Yeah, that's how it works. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a sidebar here and tell you I I worked um I worked on something related to Furby once. Have I told you this or you have maybe yes. maybe off the record? Have I talked about it on the podcast? No, I don't think so. Well, I worked at the time. Furby I don't believe you were I, you were allowed to, but now you can. I don't even know if I, yeah. Statue of limitations for Furby is over. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was what like seven years ago now. I think seven eight years ago so anyway um it was like a furby that had like these it was when the glowing eyes furby came out and it worked with an app and i was involved in the app creation uh and one of the highlights of it was actually going to a focus test where they brought in some kids to play with the furby in prototype form and i remember the first time so so there are all sorts of kids come out there was these girls that came in there and they were like dancing with the furby and some people were like really like the kids really liked it and it was good overall the feedback was good it was behind one of those one-way mirrors you know and uh we and then at one point these kids came in like these two boys and they were they had their cleats there no not their cleats their shin guards like they just came back from soccer practice you know what i mean you picture in it and yeah, and the first thing they do is so they put the thing in front of it, and the first thing this one kid does is just punch it. <laughs> right in front of him. And I'm like, yeah, all right, that's exactly what I expected this child to do, and he, and he did it. Oh, Interesting cool. experience. That was the that's the only time I've ever been behind a a one way mirror and watched something like that. And <laughs> I can tell you, most of the time that and and I assume that most of them go like that, which is that everybody on the other side is just making fun of the people that are on the that are in that room. Just yeah, especially when they're that. <laughs> especially when they do that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fun though. It was a fun experience. Um. Cool. So that, that's story one. So we're we gonna do books next. Let's do it. All right, cool. For reading for the AP. So hopefully you didn't see this already. I didn't. Alaska Alaska School Board postpones decision on banned books. We're still banning books, huh? Uh, yeah, this is weird. So <laughs> I saw this article. It's like, well, okay. Interesting. That's kind of where I want to go with this. 
In Alaska, an Alaska school board postponed a vote over rescinding a ban on selected English course books after taking public testimony on the issue that attracted national attention when Grammy-winning rock group pledged to purchase the banned books for students. The here we go, Mat- Matana Mat- Matanuska Matanuska Sasit. Sasitna Borough School District in Alaska. Get your shit together. (laughs) School District Board heard three hours of testimony Wednesday on a proposal to rescind last month's vote to remove five American literature classics from high school English elective courses. The board is scheduled to vote on the proposal May 20th. Um, So let's see. Members of the, I'm skipping the names of the books. So I'll back, get back to that later. I just want to, if you're wondering who the band is, members of the band Portugal Demand stepped into the controversy in their Alaska hometown by offering to buy copies of the books for students and, oh, that group's and from families. Alaska. I would have never guessed that. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> At least 80 people registered to submit test of testimony by phones rather than in person Wednesday because of health restrictions resulting from the coronavirus pandemic. The majority favored rescinding the board's decision to ban the novels from the reading list. The board also removed. Okay. Um, okay. So that's it. So here are the books. Ready? This is wild. Um, the list includes F. Scott Fitzgerald's The Great Gatsby. Really? Wow. <laughs> Joseph Heller's Catch-22. This one, which I've actually read. Maya Angelou's I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. Really? I've read all of these books. Why would you ban any of these? Ralph Ellison's The Invisible Man. I've read that as well. Geez, what really? They're gonna ban and, that book? Well, I'm starting to get a feeling of why we're banning these books. And Tim O'Brien's The Things They Carried. I didn't read that. I don't know what that is. Didn't read uh, that yeah, so th- <laughs> those books well, were all banned. Well, it's real funny uh, because you you do realize, and I you know, take a small sidebar. The great Gatsby, right? The guy was black, right? Gatsby was black. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's a black guy. He was a black guy. He's probably even mixed. And there's hints to it in the book. There's hints at two in the book where he's like, oh, he's not who he says he is. And, you know, he's not really what you think he is. And he's apparently this black guy pretending to be a white guy and throw crazy parties. Okay. So they never so, actually uh, say in the book whether what. Yeah, they never actually say it, but they hint at it. They hint at it multiple mm-hmm. times. So just a little, little thing I picked up along the way that, uh, you know, that's part of the story of like, oh, well, he doesn't belong here. He's not one of us. You know, he's not really who he says he is. You know, all that stuff that that keeps coming up in the book of like, who is this guy? He just kind of appeared out of nowhere. You know, he he throws great parties. The parties are a lot of fun. And they're like, "Eh, we don't really know. He might not be. He's black. Black guy. Okay. All right. So if you're wondering why, I found an article from NCAS.org. They they basically said they they were deemed to contain controversial content. (laughs) Really? So what's the controversial content? So they say the media reports indicate that the board the board voted five to two to remove the text from the curriculum, despite some members admitting to having read only descriptions of the content, not the books themselves. Wow. Books must be judged as whole, not by isolated passages. Um, the U.S. Supreme Court agrees to accept her, allowing the vague and subjective criterion of controversial to limit what students can read and teachers can teach throw throws open the doors to viewpoint discrimination. Exactly. Yeah, they're getting some of their opinions here, but yeah, hundred percent. This is really fucked up. <laughs> I can't believe they did this. And this is recently. This was literally done uh, like two weeks ago. They voted on this thing not even two weeks ago, uh, April 29th. 
That's when they decided this. Also, who objectively can look at something and be like, yeah, the Great Gatsby banned that? Yeah, I just I know why the cage bird said, how do you ban Maya Angelou? Again, I don't think you should be banning any books except for maybe like Mein Kampf. You gonna ban that? Again, that's what I mean. I don't think I don't believe in banning books at all. Like, no, don't ban that. What about but, uh what about Fifty Shades of Grey? Again, why are we banning books? Yeah. It's 2020. We don't ban books anymore. Like, I'm not burning yeah, books outside true. of a church. Like, what are you doing? Like, it's a book. Yeah, they're removing it from the curriculum. It's not like they're banning it from the state, but the to say like yeah, get these out of the curriculum or whatever. But it's just it funny because those are all books that I ever that ban I read novels from the reading list. Like I would imagine yeah. when you see a reading list, it's like these are all the books that you can read to get credit for something, right? Isn't that usually what they mean when they say here's a reading list? Uh, I didn't really get a reading list. I went to school where they said here's the four books you have to read. <laughs> I didn't get a list. I was oh, okay. I was told. Got it. So yeah, yeah but, but I mean, again, I, but I was I'm told to read. I know why about. the cage bird sings. Yeah, so I, 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 whatever the context is. You're removing Maybe it's language, classics, right? Maybe Again, it's removing language. Maya Angelou. Yeah. How do you remove Maya Angelou? Yeah, it's a little ridiculous, but you know what? It's Alaska. It's cold up there. You know, you know they're trying to get rid of the indigenous people. Here's what it is. Good luck. Cold didn't yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, cold didn't do it. How's this going to do it? How's how's getting rid of books going to do that? Get rid of Maya Angelou. I just yeah, don't it's ridiculous. Uh, one of my favorite moments from the boondocks is when uh, those two guys accidentally kidnap Maya Angelou instead of Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great show. So good. All right. We are buzzing along here. Next story. Something to chew on here. You'll see what I mean in a minute. Talking about gators. Oh, yeah, I'm right. South Carolina manicurist. Very calm as she is eaten by an alligator. Whoa. <laughs> This is at twofab.com. And this was actually sent to me by Brittany. I don't know if her intention was for me to read this on the podcast, but I told her I would. And I was so I barely even read it when she sent it to me. Here we go. Quote, I guess I won't do this again. Quote, end quote, were her last words before she was pulled under. (laughs) 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 Reading the article here. A manicurist in South Carolina has been killed by an alligator she insisted on trying to touch. Cynthia Covert, that's a fun name, 58, was was visiting a woman's home in Kiowa Island last Friday to do her nails when she spotted the reptile near a pond. This was done. What was this? Oh, yeah, this was like two days ago. So, yeah, I guess things are open down there anyway. The witness told the Charleston County Sheriff that the woman was not acting like her normal self and was more talkative and relaxed than usual, Fox 8 reported. Investigators asked if her behavior may have been drug or alcohol related. She replied, covert, quote, came to her residence with a glass of wine, but that was the only thing she saw. (laughs) Now, why do you think that went down? She showed up for a she showed up for an appointment with a glass of wine so she drove there being like hey yeah i'm uh ready to get my nails done let's party yeah i guess i guess she is she was just so happy that she was free from her house bring the glass they, of wine the they bottle never closed wine. they never really closed oh, well there you go well well they closed a bit though they closed that stuff and that's what they were talking about specifically in georgia and south carolina of opening up like tattoo parlors and um massage too. places and nail salons so yeah yeah i can use a haircut personally but you know what i'm soldiering through i'm not giving up all right 
investigator uh let's see so i said that after spying after spying the alligator she went down to have a closer look despite the woman and her husband warning her against it the couple even told her that an alligator had grabbed a deer from the exact same spot just days Jesus. earlier but wow. she replied quote i don't like a deer end quote before proceeding to try and touch the gator wait she said i don't like a deer or i'm not a deer i don't like a deer wow okay <laughs> Oh, no, sorry. I did not. It's getting late here. I don't look like a deer. Is what okay, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like what you would say arrogantly. Like, do I look like a deer? <laughs> I don't look like a deer, so I'm going to be fine. He's, he only eats deer. That's when the predator clamped its jaw around her leg and began dragging her into the water. The Oof. pair ran The pair ran to grab a shovel to try, fend, to try fend off the animal, while one threw a rope to her to try to pull her back onto the bank. The victim, meanwhile, did not scream. Quote, Covert was about waist deep in the water, and she stated in a very calm voice, I guess I won't do this again, as they tried, <laughs> as they tried to pull her from the water. End quote. The sheriff report states. Wow. Quote, how amazing. The, quote, the alligator took her under the water, and she released the rope. End quote. Covert's body was later discovered intact with severe wounds to her leg. The country, the country coroner determined the cause of death was drowning, which is how alligators commonly kill their prey. The gator was later tracked down and killed by authorities. Oh, come on. Shame. Shame. That's yeah. Like he didn't do anything wrong. No, I'm going to say it. He didn't do anything. He or she. Yeah. Gator didn't do. Gator did nothing wrong. Gator's innocent. Wow. Gator's innocent. She she didn't look like a deer. Yeah, but, but she, she did was look also like a, warned. She did look like a, yeah, exactly. She did look like a like an edible source of food. <laughs> she she was in the feeding zone. Yes, and if absolutely. you step in the feeding zone, well, you might you're get be fed. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be fed to some gator. Just how it goes. Wow, they uh, hunted down the gator. Hmm. How how hard could it have been to hunt down? You put another deer there. You put another dumb woman there, and be like, yeah, here, stand here. I mean, put shoot this gator right? when it comes down. Everything I've seen, they feed gator like a whole chicken. And Gator snaps it up. Yeah. Well, last week I watched. Um, I was fortunate enough to find that uh, "Live and Let Die" was on. Great scene where uh, James Bond gets out of a sticky situation in the bayou, where he uh, has to step on a series of alligators to get out of a sticky situation predicament. Huh. Yeah. You're not familiar with that. No. Yeah, and then and then a that. and then like a 30 minute. Uh, chase presumes with uh can starts with a very racist uh gw pepper uh a very <laughs> stereotypical southern sheriff uh who spends his about name is gw pepper <laughs> yeah who spends about five minutes harassing one of the one of the black uh henchmen from uh, mr big Oh no, he's not Mr. Big at that point. At that point, it's revealed to be the real villain. But um, he does the usual. Woo, boy, you are you were speeding, going pretty fast, and then you know things like that, like all the all the weird racist <laughs> stuff that you'd expect. And then all of a sudden, James Bond comes by, and and then he thinks it's his brother-in-law. It's a really strange thing, and that's not the and that character, G.W. Pepper. He shows up in the next Bond movie. He shows up in the man with the golden gun as well. <laughs> Very strange. Really does a good job of setting the tone for Roger Moore movies. Love them. Can't can't recommend them enough. I know I've done it before and I will continue to do so. Those are all the news stories I got.
Yeah. Well, uh, rest in peace to that lady. But as she said, I guess I won't be doing this again. Yeah, I guess you're right. We could also like as a as a bonus for some news story. I didn't I didn't really think about if we if I wanted to make a news story to talk about it up front. But um, two uh, two celebrities, definitely one celebrity and one kind of celebrity, I guess, died this week. One in the last 24 hours. Little Richard. Yeah, I know the one that died in the last 24 hours. Little Richard. And Little, Little Richard. Richard to me. Little Richard to me yeah. is the greatest. The oh. greatest rock and roll artist of all time. Wow. And you know why? Because Little Richard's been doing this forever. Like forever. I'm pretty sure that James Brown copied Little Richard's style. Now that's got to tell you something. Like, I honestly was surprised that Little Richard was still alive. I forgot. Yeah, I did not know he was still alive. When I got the alert he was dead, I was like, again? Yeah, because again, James Brown died a while ago. Like, again, if you look at the list of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Chuck Berry, like the original inductees of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? Chuck Berry, James Brown. I believe James Brown was in that list. Um, there's a couple, like, again, like, it's just like the the grandfathers of rock and roll. And, and Little Richard's on that list. Little Richard was, I remember as a kid, my dad playing Little Richard songs all the time. So, yeah, rest in peace to Little Richard. He lived a good, help, healthy life. Apparently, he was one of the good ones. He wasn't like Chuck Berry, who apparently was a monster. <laughs> so, yeah. Rest in peace, Little Richard. Yeah. You will be missed. The other guy uh, who died actually from coronavirus is uh, Roy Horn of Siegfried and Roy. Really? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Buddy. He, huh. I missed yeah. that. Yeah. Um, that was... I don't know if that was an AP alert and a CNN alert. Definitely a CNN alert. But yeah, he died. Uh, he died of coronavirus uh, last night. Wow, is or Siegfried alive? Was Siegfried. I don't know which one of them was bit by the tiger. I feel like Siegfried was bit by the tiger. Let's see, Siegfried and Roy. So I gotta find these. If I did guess, I would say that Siegfried got bit by the tiger, but I could be wrong. <laughs> Maybe Roy just got all the bad luck. Let's see. Well, they are. Um, they're basically seen as like, okay, so Siegfried, Siegfried Fischbacher. Wow. That's a heck of a name. Hang on. I'm trying to find out if he's still alive. He, he's still alive. I, he's just in the same thing, but he's. Again, this is like go. the original Tiger King. <laughs> he's still alive. He's, he's 80. Okay. So, yeah, they're up there. Oh, he was in Ocean Eleven. All right, so let's see who was eaten. Oh yeah, two thousand three. So during a show at the Mirage in two thousand three, Seven Year White Tiger attacked Horn. Oh, uh, Roy. Roy had Roy. A, Roy had a rough go of it, huh? Yeah. Hey man, he did all right. Seventeen years. He's he, he's still kicking. Seventeen years later. I mean, not anymore, but obviously, Tiger didn't do him. Man, Stam uh, Stam Virus did though. But that yeah, what a weird. I guess yeah, they would be the some of the original Tiger Kings, like yeah, ones that the you actually played. Like, they were they were doing it when having a pet tiger was cool. Yeah, 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 and it wasn't a it wasn't a it wasn't a you know it's something being highly investigated by Netflix. <laughs> yeah, so they would yeah. definitely be uh, subject to that. I don't do they ever reference Siegfried and Roy in the no, Tiger they King? don't. No, they don't. I think that's an oversight. You think they would, right? Yeah, I think it's an oversight too. That's a shame. Seriously, what a shame. Well, rest in peace, you guys. I don't want to put, um, you know, Siegfried and Roy on equal footing with uh, Little Richard. They just happened to die within that 24 hours of each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sorry. Um, reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish. I 
don't know how much political stuff I have to talk about specifically. It's all just kind of blended together. It is. It's you know? just, it's all People blended are, together. Uh, I agree. Let's talk about this because this is interesting. Um, this is a little unusual because it's actually taking a side of when liberals slip up and that being under the microscope could be, uh, this is, this is the kind of shit that you don't want to happen. So, um, Jimmy Kimmel talked about a video of Mike Pence delivering empty boxes of PPEs to the hospital. <laughs> That's Did you funny. hear about this or no? No, I didn't hear about this, but that's okay. hilarious. He's so got Jimmy like a box Kimmel, and like there's nothing in it, right? <laughs> so he's just like, oh, Jimmy I'm Kimmel, so, so Jimmy Kimmel basically showed him delivering these boxes, and then he played, and then he played this clip of Pence saying, "Should I?" Uh, they're saying, "Oh, it was hot. It was a hot mic take where he said, um, should I? Should I bring some of these empty ones over there for the cameras?'" And then that got picked up by like New York Times, some other stories and all these other things circulated being like, oh, Mike Pence was just doing this stunt. Um, the real story uh, is actually Mike Pence did, if you watch the entire video that's actually out there, because they played it on C-SPAN, he's, he pulled, the truck is there. He's actually bringing boxes back and forth, drops them off. Then he goes to the truck. He's a, he'd see, they're like, yeah, there's no more boxes left. He's like, they're all empty. He turns, he says, should I bring some empty ones for the, he turns to his staff, jokingly says, should I bring some empty ones out for the cameras? And then he laughs. They, uh, there, you hear some other laughter. Then he turns, closes the, closes the van doors and that's it. So that story reported false. <laughs> and it's interesting because it, it's like it seems harmless, but it also shows like the willingness to jump on the attack and how f- and the consequence of the ink being on your face. Like I will never be in a position where I will like I don't I don't necessarily find myself in many positions where I want to defend Pence, even less so Trump. But this is one of these things where like, the dude did something good, right? Yeah, it's not. I don't. I don't think there's really much of a bad thing to say about that. As much as I disagree with everything he says, this is a thing where it's like, all right, could we not doctor things that are actually good and give some benefit of the doubt? Because to be constant attack, I don't think anybody is purely bad, right? Just yeah. like I don't think anybody is yeah. purely good. Yeah, but. So if you have a moment of good that is irrefutably one of good to make that a point to jump at them and say, this is bad, it's only going to strengthen the resolve of those who do defend them for everything they do. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Because then it's like, he can't even do something good without you coming out and saying this, 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 this. So. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you got to get credit but then again, the problem is because we've decided to make this a sports game where there's that your team and my team goes, well, what about Obama? Every time Obama did something good, you guys found so it turns into that. So you can't actually have a, a meaningful discussion where you're like, yeah, look, the vice president, he's, is he doing what he probably should be doing? Absolutely. But the fact that he is doing it is that's part of what this is about. He's doing a good deed. Yeah. Like I could easily say, hey, man, that guy's a fucking moron for going into the Mayo Clinic without a mask. Like that was the dumbest shit you could have possibly done. But then on the other, but I can also say simultaneously, hey, that was a good thing for bringing all those PPEs to that hospital. 
cool. Yep. You did a good thing. I, both of those things can be true. That it, see, not hard to say. Yep. Not hard to say. Got to give a little rope. You can't be on the attack. You can't you always got to try to find some common ground and, and stay true to your values and assume that, you know, would you have done that thing? So you agree with it? Cool. Give some credit. You might be surprised that if you actually show some reasonable footing with these people, you can you can probably help to expose all the bullshit and try to break that kind of team, that team mentality and expose an asshole for an asshole when they yeah, actually are all, an asshole. All technically on the same team is the, the biggest, you know, problem with all of this, especially as Americans, right? We're on the same team, at least with this. Like, let your tribalism include the 350 plus million who are all part of the same team that you, as you, every time you leave the States that you are representing your country and your, the way that you grew up and the people that you know, and instead we sort of pick these sides and trust me from the outside, America looks like it's like, like this is the end of an empire is what it looks like from the outside. And I don't think people realize this when you're too busy playing civil war with each other um, on both sides, on the Democrat side and the Republican side. Cause the Democrat, cause trust me, there's some Democrats out there that have been doing all this stuff and huh, Democrats haven't really done the greatest job either in a lot of respects. So, yeah, like Donald Trump's an idiot. Totally get it. And there's some real monsters in the Republican Party. But Democrats, you're not perfect either. As you said, there is no pure evil and there's no pure good. Um, Everyone falls somewhere in the middle. But, yeah, like, again, Pence, he's doing Pence out of all this has kind of been, again, be happy that you have an adult around Donald Trump because at least Pence Pence is willing to do this stuff. Sure, he made the mistake where the other day I think he went somewhere and didn't wear a mask. Um, But, again, when you talk to Pence. Yeah, he went to a hospital without a mask. Yeah, when you talk to Pence, he actually sounds like an adult. Like, even though he obviously has his own, he's got his own agenda and all the party stuff. But you talk to him, and he can oh, he can put together a coherent sentence. Yeah, and reading a shame we got to that. To but, like he said, is not painful. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, all righty. Well, yeah, good for him. And uh, yeah, chill out, people. Let's try to get through this virus together. <laughs> yeah, stay civilized. Everybody stay civilized. All right, let's, enough of that shit. So let's get to uh, some media therapy. Um, start with a question here. I hope I didn't deal with this one yet. Um, who's older? I should keep a spreadsheet. Holly Berry or Paul Giamatti? Holly Berry's older. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident. How much older? Uh, about two years, two, three years. One year. One year, okay. But I was right. Okay. Yeah. Still looks great. And Paul Giamatti, I don't blame you, man. You're never going to look like Holly Berry, but he's got he's got a year to get there. <laughs> yeah, he's got a year. You got a year. You got a year to improve yourself. You you don't know what Paul Giamatti could be somewhere at home in the gym getting getting ripped. Yeah, he's crushing it. He's yeah. Gonna, he's going to look swole after this. Yeah. He's going to he's getting ready for that. Uh, and his hair's going to grow. Lee, it's going to be great for that Liam Neeson transformation. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, he's just come back with a full head of hair and be like, "What are you going to stop?" You don't need hair. Look at look at Nicolas Cage. That dude hasn't had hair forever, and he's got a <laughs> seriously hit or miss wig guy. Mostly miss, but you know what I mean. Well, that was John Travolta for a long time until he finally realized someone came to him and just said, "Dude, just cut it off, man. You got a, you got a decent shape head. You'll be fine." But he still does stuff where he's got a wig. Yeah, but he does a lot of stuff where he's bald too, though. Where before he would never do something where he was bald. I guess. Um, I uh, I finished Final Fantasy VII remake. I don't have any transition. I just want to say that. Um, <laughs> Congratulations! I thought it was great. I had, a, I had a lot of fun playing it. It's a beautiful game, except for the really weird missing door texture um, for the apartment that you're in for a brief moment. 
Um, that was really strange. Like it's, it's obviously just, I don't know how that is the way it is, but anyway, the game is great. Music is phenomenal. Production values are insane. A lot of sparkly shit, which is, which I always appreciate. Um, I never finished the original final fantasy seven. I probably played three hours of it on Vita. I wasn't a PlayStation guy. I wasn't a PlayStation kid. Like I, I had, I had all the, I had Nintendo consoles growing up. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, I so didn't actually, yeah. I got a PlayStation when my friend got a PS2 and I took his PS1 and I had, and I mainly got it so I could play Dance Dance Revolution and Mega Man X4. Okay. Those are the two games I played on the original PlayStation. So I, was, I had some catching up to do. Yeah, um, I was lucky. I had a friend who was a PlayStation guy and I was more of a Nintendo. He was a Sega guy, actually. Sega and then PlayStation. And I was much more of an Xbox Nintendo person and we were sort of able to go over over each other's house and play games and it worked out so yeah well i uh along the way i caught up and played through all you know played through the metal gear solids played through um like a bunch of the platformer games that i loved i didn't really get into turn-based rpgs or especially jrpgs like the turn-based stuff i didn't get into that until like probably 10 years ago when i started working in the city and started playing them on my ds on the trains like that's when Vamp I was able Wars to get into was it. my entrance to that was it that's like Wars. strategy RPG. That's not even yeah. that's not yes. even really turn based. So, yeah, it is turn based, but it's just like, but, but again, but layer not what you're talking about. Like, yeah, exactly. It wasn't like here's a bunch of menus and you right. just select the thing yeah. you want to do. Yeah, but that that was just a complete turnoff for me. It's why I never got into Pokemon. I never got into Final Fantasy, never got really into any of those things. But then I discovered appreciation for that as I became older and had a more uh, mature and refined taste. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, so I, I tried to go back and play final fantasy seven and then I got distracted by something. And then I'd said, all right, well the remake looks dope. So I'm going to jump into that. Gave it a shot. Really liked it. The game was about 40 hours long, just under that. And that's doing all the side quests, which are whatever, but I enjoyed it. Um, combat's great. Lots of fun. The game is a, have you played the original or no? I'm trying to remember because I've played, I've dabbled in Final Fantasy a lot, and I feel like I've started to play Final Fantasy VII, um, but I don't, I couldn't tell you a single thing about it. But I feel Star like Smith I've City. started this. Yes, yeah, again, that's what I mean. I feel like, like I've, I, I feel like I've done this. And again, I think this is actually on Vita. Yes, was yeah, when all I started the PlayStation, this. yes, PS One versions are on are on Vita. Yeah, absolutely. But again. But again, like I started to play this, but I couldn't tell you what had happened. I maybe played, like you said, three hours of it. Yeah. And that's all I remember. So So I may, I'm I'm contemplating downloading it on my Switch, which is basically the, you know, the remaster of the original. Right. Because this game effectively takes what I understand to be the first five hours of the game and turns it into a 40 hour game. And it just goes a lot deeper. It expands characters that just get a little bit of a short mention it adds some new stuff and the ending of this game is apparently like i didn't really understand much of what happened in the ending of this and the only reason i had some idea of what happened is because i've read i accidentally read a little bit too far into some of the spoilers into the original game because there's one event that happens in the original game that it's like kind of infamous in all the games. Like everybody knows it. It's super famous, even though it's like a big t- plot twist in the game. Mm-hmm. But, and I was basically looking up, when does that happen? And like, does that happen in this game or does that happen in another one? And then I uh, ended up spoiling a whole lot of other shit for myself. So, um, 
but it's fine. It didn't ruin my enjoyment of it. Um, spoilers don't really ruin things for me. I mean, I prefer not to have them, but in a lot of cases, I'm like, ah, hey, whatever. I'll experience it and enjoy it. Um, yeah, it's a journey, not not the end result. Exactly, and in in some cases, it actually helps to kind of release the uh release the tension in some places and lets me actually enjoy things more some cases depending on what kind of thing it is that i'm uh that i'm gonna engage in so anyway um the actual so then this game references a bunch of stuff towards the like for the rest of the game with like various flashbacks and sequences where there is no context given so apparently people who just play this don't really understand the last two chapters of the game. <laughs> like there is, there is a pretty significant backlash. I think unanimously people really enjoy it. There's 18 chapters in the game. People unanimously enjoy the first 16 because it's pretty true beat for beat improved version of what happens at the beginning of the original final fantasy. And then the last two chapters are just like completely batshit crazy going off the rails. This guy's ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> like how how do you go from this to the next plot beat that happens in the game based on what you've done <laughs> yeah in this huh. like you basically put the you got the big bad in here when he's really supposed to be at the end of this game and he's not even revealed at this point but yet you give him this massive epic fight for no reason whatsoever and it is pretty cool and the music is amazing it's just like how do we get this song in here and why it's just like things just happen as opposed to everything else that happens before it which is oh all this stuff makes logical sense beat by beat i mean logical in the sense of a final fantasy game um, but even then, even with all that nonsense, I still enjoyed it. Um, it didn't really bother me too much. I'm tempted to now go back and play through the original, like I said, to give context to it and not have to wait, you know, if they ever even finish the story. But it also makes me see feel like this game acts more like a sequel of sorts to Final Fantasy, like an expansion of that game versus this is a standalone beat for beat remake of that game. And that seems to be the way it's meant to be consumed. And that's, that would be my recommendation. If you do plan on going into it, expect that about 10% of it won't make any sense unless you've played the other game. Yeah. Which sounds about, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in final fantasy that doesn't make sense. I mean, especially yeah, because that's also, that's the, that's the, that's gotta be the most famous JRPG of all time, right? That series. Sort of. I'd say internationally, yes. If you're just talking about Japan, yeah, like if you're about J, yeah. Dragon Quest is the biggest one in Japan. Sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, that sounds cool. Um, whether or not I play it or not is, yeah. Yeah, my, my history, though, with Final Fantasy, like I played, my, my history doesn't go back too far. Like I said, I've only been playing JRPGs for 10 years now, and I played through, so then Final Fantasies, I didn't really, when they put Final Fantasy X on Vita, I played through that. And that was the first Final Fantasy game I played through beginning to end to completion. Then last year, I played through Final Fantasy XII when that came out on Switch. And to me, I, I mean, from what I've played of the original seven and from what I've played, you know, of others, I've played a little bit of eight. I've played a little bit of 13, which is universally not liked. But I, um, I, I don't see how any entry in the series could be better than 12. Final Fantasy XII is an amazing, amazing game, like really, really great. I highly recommend it. If you're looking for a JRPG, if you want to dabble, like 
the the first character you get is a little whiny, but it's but he's not but he's not that bad. And the 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 scenario the uh, the setting's amazing. The combat's amazing. It plays more like um kind of like an MMO RPG style uh, game, but it's um it's really cool. Like it is really fun. Uh, I I highly recommend that one. It's long as it's long as hell. It's like sixty hours long, but it it's a great game. I think I was playing that game for like three months, but I loved it. I loved it. Final Fantasy Twelve, great game. Good luck beating that. Still beautiful, even and because the remaster is great, uh, but it holds up, holds up. Um, so yeah, finished that and started playing Yakuza Kiwami Two, which is a remake of Yakuza Two, and uh, I want to go back to Japan. Game's I feel great. that. I feel it because yeah, <sighs> we were going to wait until the Olympics ended, and now we don't know when the Olympics will begin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i guess the plan is still the same wait until the olympics end <laughs> yeah that's still 20, my plan you gotta wait until the olympics end 2023 yeah. when dust settles and the the super mario theme park is open um is yeah. that a thing well, oh yeah you don't know about this no i didn't know about that <laughs> yeah they're opening you said you said, uh, you said that like that was common knowledge <laughs> yeah i thought it was yeah they're they're opening a nintendo amusement park in japan huh that's yeah. cool there's like concept art on this online. Yeah, you can uh, you can check it out. I th- I want to say it's called Super Nintendo Land. Super wow. Nintendo. Okay. I mean that, that that makes logical sense. Super to Nintendo me. Worlds. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's going to be in uh, Universal Studios Japan. Super Nintendo. Yeah. So there's um, I thought there was some. Uh, they're going to be opening one in. Orlando as well, but the jet, but the Japan one comes first. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, there was some concept image. Yeah, they were supposed to open that around the same time as the Olympics, but who knows? Yeah, it's which makes weird. sense. But yeah, who knows? Who knows? Huh? Yeah. All righty. Well, yeah. Anyway, now you know. So what's going on with you? What do you got? Uh, um, anything, so Animal, uh, Crossing is, Animal Crossing is starting to come to not not to a uh, halt's the wrong word, but as you know, right? You play you play an Animal Crossing game really hard. And then eventually you start running out of stuff to do because you're supposed to wait every month, right? Like you're supposed to slowly get more and more stuff over time that makes Animal Crossing sort of this long burn of a game where you play it for 30 minutes, you play it to an hour. So obviously during quarantine, us and others played this game, you know, nonstop. So Animal Crossing starting to ramp down a bit. Houses are built. Island's kind of done where it needs to be now. Again, I'm not going crazy with the island. Like I'm not doing what these people on the internet are doing. I just don't have time for that. Um, or patience for that, really. Um, so I'm looking for some new games to play. Last of Us is um, coming out on my birthday. So that'll be the next big game that I play. It's funny because I actually looked at um, maybe restarting um, Breath of the Wild. Oh, okay. thought about it, right? Because I think yeah. you can game plus that game, right? I think you can start over, but like have all your stuff in a way, know. but it's like it's a little harder. I'm not sure if you can game plus it, but I was thinking of that because now it's funny because I, I tried to like, you know, that thing where like you try to like play something, you like jump right in where you were. And it's like, obviously, yeah. I have no idea how to play this no, game. You I have to start over. over. Absolutely. You have yeah. to start over. So like all of a sudden I've got those, those spider things, those spider things with the eyeballs that shoot at you, like all surrounded me. And before, right, that'd be nothing, right? You play that because again, I played that game when I took all my time off and played the game for like a month straight. And like I could do everything, right? I'm doing bat flips, I'm shooting arrows at eyes, I'm going nuts. <laughs> and now it's like you get back in there and it's like you just hear beep, 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 beep. And you're just like, oh God, what's happening? So I had to turn it off. Um, so I'm debating whether or not I restart that. But otherwise, yeah, it's just been a bit more into 90 Day Fiance, of course. Um, watched a couple Wait, of movies. Before you, before, you, 
before you get off of uh, Animal Crossing, yeah. you know who's you know who's playing Animal Crossing now? AOC. AOC. Alexandro Ocasio Cortez. Oh, is she really? <laughs> yeah, she started. <laughs> and uh, remember, I told you about a um, that Animal Crossing talk show. Yes. Yeah, they're um, they're. I think they've made contact to try to get her on that show. I I only know what's been communicated on Twitter because uh, old Bandmaster there is pretty good at keeping a secret. So uh, wow, not that I would disclose. She's, she's I, would, I would never disclose that on this uh, on this podcast, of course. But the um, even if he told me one way or the other, but I could tell you if you look at the Twitter conversations, he's um, yeah, <laughs> she's basically like this. I think her response is like this is this is a crazy enough thing that I might do it. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's cool though. That means you might this year, (laughs) you might get a politician showing up, having an interview on an animal crossing. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's very amazing. That's great. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's cool. Um, because, yeah, a lot of celebrities are playing. Like you said, Chrissy Teigen. I'll let you know if that happens. I'll send you, I'll send you a link. If that, if yeah, that if it happens, let me know. I'd, I'd be down. Because, yeah, look, again, I, Animal Crossing is fine. It's just a game that you can't – it's not like a game that you – like the progression is sort of in the beginning. And then the next level of progression is getting stuff. But then after that, it's a it's a collectibles game, right? You you play for an hour, you collect some stuff, you shake some trees, you catch some fish, but the fish are all the same until you get to the next month. So, like, again, it's not a game that you can sit there and just sort of grind over because obviously – you know, I've already put in a hundred some odd hours into this game, probably. That's insane. So it's like, yeah, it's insane. It's nuts. Um, well, so yeah, so I'll need maybe to- I can make some recommendations. You want me to recommend something or no? Because you don't listen to my recommendations. Well, last, I need something that, that will take me between now and Last of Us. Because when, la- again, and look, I'll be very honest, I can play one game at a time. Last of Us I, is I May, don't do, right? I don't do very good. No, Last of Us is June 19th. That's what I mean, June. Yeah, sorry. That's what yeah, I mean. so you got, so you got basically five weeks. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I am with you. I do one game at a time. I, well, one game at a time, meaning I usually have my Switch game and I have my like console game, we'll call it, my, my TV game. You know what I mean? Sure, I do. Because so, you play Switch uh, handheld like a lot of people do. Yes, exactly. I have my Switch game that I play while I'm listening to Family Feud. And then I got my, uh, <laughs> then I got the game that I need to lock in, zone in for. Um, well, if you want an RPG, Tokyo Mirage Session will bring you to it. That was great. And that's like, um, that'll give you vibes of Persona on Switch, but a lot more uh, bubblegum poppy. And that, to give you that Tokyo feel, which is fun. Um, I think Dragon's Dragon's Dogma's back on sale. That game's awesome. That was on Switch, and it's like this uh, action RPG um, with yeah, a little bit of Shadow of Colossus vibes to it. That was dope. I mean, I recommend Final Fantasy XII. That's an awesome game to play. I think you'll that'll yeah, definitely bring you dope. to time wise mm-hmm. just like oh time wise that's a that's a you put 100 time. hours into but again that was also peak quarantine yeah this game has an end yeah i'm at the, i'm at the other end of quarantine so my yeah, time i know but just to like it so get on the couch well because is alice still into animal crossing or no she's yeah she's still in, but again but it's a very similar and she's not a gamer so yeah you're right once oh the, but here's the, TV, the problem right because yeah if she's playing that you can't play this so it's not like a simultaneous thing Right, and the thing is, mm-hmm. is that we've mostly been playing Animal Crossing on the TV. Right. Yeah. Um, if you want like more interesting titles, like on the games that I played through this year, I'm just looking through my list. Um, uh, things that are brief and could also be pretty cool, like 
an experience to play through together just because they're they tell interesting stories uh a plague tale innocence was awesome really fucked up and dark but really good uh it was a uh i don't even know how to explain it but it's really cool you basically play as um as like this this woman and her uh, oh yeah this is some real dark looking cover art <laughs> woman and her uh, and her brother who's like who has this like kind of disease going through like this uh um, well, that's gonna help <laughs> this plague and yeah i know right it's crazy there's like a plague with a bunch of murderous rats and um i think it's in france i think that's where it takes place and uh meanwhile you got like this inquisition type thing going on yeah it's uh, it's crazy but uh it's brief it i think the whole thing is maybe like 12 15 hour stops Oh yeah, this game uh, is dark. Jesus. Oh yeah, there's some really messed up imagery in that one, but um, it's good. It's really well done. Uh, Final Fantasy VII remake. Go into that thing. (laughs) Yeah, again, like I said, I'll I'll find something. This play game looks interesting. Um, I'll find something until until uh, until Last of Us, because Last of Us alone will take a bunch of my time. So yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, lots lots of good stuff out there. What movies have you? Any good movies? Yeah, I was about to say the only other thing I want to get to the movies that I've watched. So I watched two movies. I watched The Gentleman and I watch whatever the Harley Quinn movie is called. It's got a long name: Birds of Prey, The Emancipation. Guy Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman, and then um, they changed the name of Birds of Prey to Harley Quinn: Colon Birds of Prey. Really? I didn't know they changed the name. Yeah, they changed the name at least in the states because it was too complicated. Yeah, it is. Changed, I'm just like, that was after after it came out. Yeah. Oh, well, that helped. <laughs> yeah, because it was Birds of Prey, the Emancipation of something, 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 Harley Quinn. Yeah, exactly. It's stupid. Um. So, start first. Um. The Birds of Prey movie, meh. It was what it was. Whatever. It's fine. Okay. Got it. Um. The superhero movie. I don't really care about harley quinn or anything around it um they try to make you think like oh well she's a psychologist the real interesting part of the joker and her and batman they just kind of made it bubblegum which is fine right it is what it is is um, she a superhero she has any powers is anyone in batman's universe a superhero really superman <laughs> yeah he's the only one <laughs> well no um, like flash and wonder woman like and even though wonder woman i don't even cool. mean like superhero but even like she doesn't have any powers. Like the yeah, only she could fight though, apparently, which I never knew. I thought the Joker always like used guns and explosions. Yeah, where she was like doing karate kicks and like jumping on people's necks. She had a hammer, right? She had like a big mallet. Well, she did. She has a big hammer in this movie as well. Um, yeah, it was fine. Rosie Perez is in it. Um, that's good. all I remember about it. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. The gentleman, however, that's a good one. The Rosie Perez I... one is a good one for the uh, Paul Giamatti game. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure she's older than him by a lot. Gotta be. I don't know. Yeah, she's much older. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, it's a good question because she looks great. Yeah. Um, gentlemen. Wow. Not a, not much older than you'd think. Really? Huh. Yeah. Three years older. The gentleman, right? I'm not a giant Guy Ritchie fan, but that movie was a lot of fun. That movie was great. Guy Ritchie makes fun movies. He does. He makes really, and this movie specifically was pretty fun. Matthew McConaughey just got to basically be himself. <laughs> um because again he's about like, the lion does he call himself the lion yes he does he calls himself the lion in the movie talking about you know the lion if you gotta if you know something about eating and lions whatever hugh grant's in it when's the last time you saw hugh grant in the movie the man from uncle 
Okay, well, yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> I bet you weren't expecting an answer that quick. No, I wasn't expecting an answer. You, know, you got there. I, I watched the movie on an airplane and remember nothing about it other than Army Hammer is in there. And the only reason I know it's Army Hammer is because his name is Army Hammer. And Alicia Vikander and uh, Superman. Small world. Yeah, <laughs> small world. Anyways, The Gentleman was fabulous. I suggest that if you like Guy Ritchie films, to definitely see this. And if you like sort of crime stories, in a way, you should definitely see this as well. I'm a crime stories fan, and it was a lot of fun to watch. All right. Got it. Uh, so, yeah, The Gentleman was great. I really enjoyed that movie. I enjoyed the point. I'd almost want to watch it again. Um, wow. It was very, very good. I really enjoyed it. Again, I'm not a giant Guy Ritchie fan, um, but at least this one I can understand the, the silly British accents. Actually, wait a minute. Guy Ritchie also directed The Man from Uncle. Yeah, yeah. That's why when you said that, I was like, okay, yeah. There, there's a poster for the man from Uncle in this movie at some point. So I was like, yeah, okay, Guy Ritchie directed It's a shame he didn't get to do another one. That was, I thought it was not terrible. I thought it was fun. Yeah, and I, I don't remember it. I was on a plane and I was like, oh, whatever. It's fine. You think he's ever going to do a Sherlock Holmes 3? No. Okay. No. What a shame. Um, um, yeah, look, but he, I mean, he, he, makes, he makes good movies. He makes pictures that are fun to watch. So I never watched King Arthur, but I, I'm assuming King Arthur was also a lot of fun to watch. It is. I think that movie gets a bad rap because I do enjoy that movie quite a bit. The run Londinium scene, that alone makes that movie great. It's uh, it's pretty dope. So yeah, so I don't know I- if I could give it a full throated recommendation because it's really silly, but it's uh, it's fun. Uh, Jude Law, great villain. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll watch that next. Yeah, I mean, don't don't expect greatness, and if you hate it, it's not my fault. I yeah, didn't make it. You've you've lowered the expectations. I'm sure it's fine. Great. Fantastic. That's what I try to do. You know, I never I never want to really overhype race expectations. Um Yeah, you got anything else? Nope, that's it. I'm ready to go. All right, let's do it. It's uh twelve thirty here on uh here on the East Coast, so it's about my bedtime. Um thanks for listening. He's broad.com. Check that out for all the links to podcast stuff, social, Facebook, Twitter. Follow, like, tell me something. Tell me you're out there. You can uh, review us on iTunes. That helps stuff and algorithms and whatnot. And until next time, this podcast is over.